Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Sandoval. Hey, and I'm Chris Detzel. And today, well, hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? Oh, it's funny. I always, always kind of triple. Usually you always laugh, like whenever I, I say. I was, was going to try to not laugh, but this, and then I was like, no, nah, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, well, it's good, to, it's good to hear your voice again, Chris. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. It's Excellent. good to uh, hear, hear from you as well. Excellent. You know, we have a special guest with us uh, today. Uh, her name is Amy Cokert. Say hello, Amy. Hey, guys. How are Thanks you doing? Thanks for having welcome. me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, our- all right, all right. So certainly welcome, but something that I want to try to con- push in here is, is is beer. Amy, do you like beer? I'm not a beer person. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. No, that's it's fine. I have to ask because it is peers over beers. So I know. Um, well, do you like wine or alcohol at all? Or I do. The- I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, wine aficionado, so I I love wine and uh, cocktails. That's my jam. Yeah, oh. what, what what question would you ask Michael? Because he's a wine aficionado, big time. So. <laughs> yeah, I have one of those uh, silly things. Like not silly because I, folks who wasn't. Uh, I'm a psalm. <laughs> one of oh. my many ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we could we could totally change this t- entire conversation just to talk about wine. So I'm cool. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, There's nothing you. like a, a good Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's absolutely. Right now during the summer is really good stuff. Uh, well, Amy, tell I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you. Um, I know you and Chris have a uh, known each other for a while, um, but before we kind of get into that one, I would you know tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and how you got got to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very interesting story because, you know, I spent 13 years at home raising my three daughters and when my, um, youngest got to be in first grade, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm done, you know, done with the PTA done with, you know, contract gig work and and all that. There's nothing wrong with it, but I, I needed to be out of the house. Yeah. And so, um, in about five months, I had two jobs, one working at Apple and the other job being a preschool teacher. And I knew that at the end of that year, um, I would know which path I wanted to take. And mm. so very clearly to me was Apple was my path. Um, mm. And that's really where it started, you know, the whole notion of community and mm-hmm. the notion of self-service and mm-hmm. the notion of using your resources mm-hmm. and, um, that was really what ignited my passion for all things customer experience. And every single position that I've had since then really all went back to those three years with Apple and everything that I learned from all of the people that I connected with there. Oh, wow. So the whole uh, learn piece, what I mean, as not to put you in a spot, but are there kind of like a key uh, maybe pillars that you think about when you were your time in Apple that you said were kind of important to you as you kind of progressed on this. Uh, sounds like it's the second half of your career, if I would be so bold to say that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it was, you know, it is community. Um, Apple mm-hmm. has a very strong mm-hmm. community, just speaking outside the digital sense. Yeah. 
Um, and treating your store and treating the people in your store as your community and knowing that the person next to you might be able to help your customer or might be able to teach you something new and knowing that you never know everything, but you're surrounded by amazing people and, you know, customers who love the brand that can support that knowledge and help build it. Mm. And so how do you scale that feeling? How do you scale that feeling in the store that you get, the energy that you get, and then just the true Apple experience where you're taken from, you know, place to place to place, and you don't even realize where you're going. You're just kind of moving through that purchase process. Mm. And so community customer experience and, you know, never stopping to grow as a professional and as a community builder, always knowing that there's something else that you can do to improve. No, so yeah, I think I mean, those three things were really it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm curious, <laughs> I'm curious about how you were able to recreate that experience. Apple has a very unique um, uh, shopping experience and not just shopping experience, but just they're so maniacally focused on user experience from the time you opened up the product, the use of the product, the way it's designed, um, and to how you enter the store. How did you recreate that experience from a from a digital community perspective? So, you know, I think of it in terms of navigation and intuition and being able to get what mm. you need when you need it. So when um when I, when I went to Flexera, I was charged with creating a one-to-many customer experience, one-to-many mm-hmm. customer success manager. That's what it was designed as. And, um, you know, you, you, you quickly realize that when you take a job, it, it takes, a, you know, everybody goes through this. You take this job, takes so many twists and turns, and you're just yeah, like this right. roller coaster. And it was an, a new role. Mm-hmm. And so I stumbled in my second week on this the bulletin forums that was dated um, like 10 years past where I was. I don't even remember what year this was. It was like Mm -hmm. maybe 2014. It was dated 2008. I'm like, what? I'm like, what what is this? This is like, I found this on the internet. Yeah. This is my party. party." So, you know, it was just horrible navigation because it had been forgotten about, you know, and, yeah, and there wasn't anyone. So there wasn't any focus on it at the time, or just you just came at the right moment. No, no, no focus. I just happened to stumble on it. So, you know, when you think back to that, it was a completely different feeling of the brand. It didn't reflect the brand. There wasn't any sort of integrations. So it was mm. just this isolated desert of you know forgotten souls, forgotten conversations. And so, when you think about Apple and that shopping experience, you think about how it's just. seamless navigation. If you go to one store, it's exactly the same in another store. It has that same feeling to another store. And there's just a separate set of practices and beliefs that are taught and permeate the entire, you know, enterprise of, of Apple, the way you approach a customer, the way you, you know, deal with a frustrated customer, the way you Mm -hmm. introduce the customer, unopen the box with the customer. So how do you apply that to a digital community? And it's all about the user experience. Yes, it is all about the user experience. And you know what, you, you bring up something that I've, you know, when I, you know, talk with other community managers too, is this, this whole concept of uh, the, the wonderful thing about a, a digital community is that it can help push a digital transformation. Now, Apple and, you know, and, and some of your places are way ahead of that, right? They're on the, on the far end of the curve. 
But what has happened as a result is they've changed the culture or have created a culture that is very maniacally focused on the customer and the customer experience. And a lot of companies, when they go through it, realize that they actually have to change that culture internally too. So they can become, you know, maniacally customer-centrically focused individuals too. And the fact that you said that that was part of their ethos, if that makes sense, uh, is a very uh, unique thing, right? I mean, usually people have to go through that process uh, to, to do that. Uh, so I, I know we were talking a little bit, you use the term uh, forgotten souls, I think is the best way to say it. Uh, how, how was this? I mean, how did you, I mean, did, how did you, you use that term endearingly and, and I'm, I'm curious why, and what did you do to kind of create that seamlessness that, uh, that you talked about? Yeah. So I, I used it endearingly because there were so many loyal customers on that, on that B bulletin forum. And there was someone who, you know, that was an employee who, who care and like she tried to keep it, you know, she was, you know, the care and mm. feeding of it, making sure that people could log in and, you know, it wasn't her. Pri- it. I love it. <laughs> she, she wasn't the primary responsibility, but because she cared so much about those customers, she did what she mm. could in her spare time. Right. Um, so, so I stumbled on it and, you know, I just began, and this is total, you know, Chris, this is, Chris is what you do as well. You begin talking about it and sharing and finding your people and finding your tribe and using moments that you can to teach about self-service and to teach about, it's not the word handoff, it's transition. It's, um, or a warm introduction and really just evangelizing about the beauty of community and um, those one-to-many conversations and how customers can can really turn into advocates via community. Yeah. So it's it's truly beating the community drum up and down and across the entire organization <laughs> until you make so much noise that nobody can ignore it. That's one of my specialties. I was going to say, I don't yes. know who you're talking about, but it sounds like someone we know. <laughs> it is. It is. I think that's why I like Chris so much. Yeah. And well, uh, yeah, same here. Uh, and, but it, it's something to be said. And with Chris and I talk about this often too, this idea of being a cheerleader, right? Uh, uh, you have the beating of the drum is true. You have to remind people that they're here, uh, that you, and, and another thing is you, you have such direct intimate access with your customers that you don't want to leave them in a lurch. You almost feel, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, Amy, but like convicted to go help them in some way. And you start to like, Hey, there's these people who are online, you know, help me out here. Um, and then by having that level of intimacy, you, they, they, they know you're trying to help them out. So they kind of become a little bit loyal to you that you helped them. Right. And I think it's kind of fun. It is. And, you know, I wasn't so much helping the customers. I was helping the people that help the customers. And by partnering with those support analysts and partnering with those CSMs that were just one by one saying the same thing to like 50 customers a day and not able to do self-service. It was how I can make your job easier Mm. and appreciating them and saying, you're the magic. You're the magic that's helping customers. We need to duplicate your magic in a digital way. And so many CSMs and so many support analysts, they are the true deliverers of the customer experience and often the ones that are most forgotten about. Mm. And how do we lift up their skills so that they can truly apply to those complicated 
you know, sexy situations that are so much more fun to handle than right. how do I log in or where right. do I find? Yeah. And because that's where you want those key individuals to spend their time because that's the hard, you know, use the word sexy, but the hardest thing is that you want them to, yeah. to do because it's what drives both the sides, right? They, they, they want to go figure that out. Exactly. Um, no, that, that, and that's, and that's the fun, even for me, I remember when, you know, when I was starting off some of my community stuff, uh, I, I got so into some of the technology and some of the things that they were doing that you kind of get su- suckered in, not suckered in, that's the wrong term, sucked into it. <laughs> uh, so did you, when you were kind of going back to the lost souls comment, did yeah. you have to spend some time uh, educating internally with some of these folks or how did you get them to help out? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I, I found some, some tribe people and I said, you know, just humor me, try for a couple of weeks to like engage with some customers on this V bulletin thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like war games. It was brat, like black with green digitalized, you know, dots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the first thing we did was change the date. We made the date current. And so, you know, that was the first thing is I had to hunt down who could, you know, change the date. Um, that was, I'll never forget that moment. Um, but just finding those people that would do those experiences, you know, do that, ex- uh, uh, those experiments with us. Yes. Yes. And, um, and then we also launched a webinar program. So I, Ooh, I I'm found these. <laughs> I said, I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I called them learning labs and built this calendar and just turned into webinar girl, basically. And I didn't have a place <laughs> to put the webinars. And so, you know, we tried to demonstrate ROI through these webinars and I, I tie them to most popular cases and measure and then use the community as like, um, and, and tried to like tie the visits to these B bulletins, you know, and tried to see an uptick. And um, so it was, you know, the webinar started to gain traction and people started attending and people started at least just signing up and commenting. So yeah, that I'm was like the, the tipping point where it was like, huh, tell us what you mean by this community. And, you know, I wasn't ever a technical, like I didn't do community management. It was more like strategy and, right. um, you know, driving the need for it. And so that just, you know, evolutionized into, okay, we're going to align some budget. Here's some people that you can hire. You've got headcount. I had an awesome VP that supported me. Um, and a, the CIO was behind me as well. And, um, it was just those people that helped us really drive getting the budget. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it sounded like it just started to roll, started just kind of moving down the, down the hill proverbially. Yeah. So Amy, I want to, I want to dive in just a little bit because I'm somewhat in the same scenario when you mentioned webinars really kind of help take off the community. What, what kinds of things were you doing? Like you were building the webinar, were you looking at content from the webinars or was it just, Hey, people were showing up and then we pretty much people, you know, uh, the company kind of saw it as, Hey, yeah, you know, this is, this is really good. Here's the money to, to, the budget to start the community. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, well, we tried to, we ex- I experimented like you would not believe I was failing fast everywhere. I was using Gainsight, um, also experimenting with Gainsight, sending out yep. 
personalized emails and mm. noticing how that would get do an uptick. Yeah. Um, the, the very, I think the big breakthrough was getting us to talk about our product roadmap and our new releases in a public way. Yes. And so, yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you. That's, That's right. what I'm preaching today. That's awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yes, and, yes. You know, it was, it was just awesome. And when you when you got off the call and you would talk to a product manager and they're like, "Thanks, that was so great." You know, you're like, "Can you please like post about this on Teams or can you tell all your friends and neighbors how this made you feel?" And um yeah. You know, and, and so that was because we kept documentation behind lock and key. And so, you know, how many, it's just like, it, it just makes me smile when I think back to those days. So that really started to turn the tide, Chris, and um, people started to, to get excited. And then we tried to run our webinars. Um, well, we tried not to call them webinars, but we started to try to have more of a podcast feel to them. So it wasn't somebody just speaking that you know, you could actually have some dialogue. Mm. So we tried that as well. We also tried a YouTube live event, which failed miserably. I wouldn't recommend that at all. Um, it happens. You got to try things before. You <laughs> yeah, know. you have to. You you let it, I mean, this is the, the, so important that I want people to do, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. yeah I fell all the oh, time. Well. You, know, you know, Amy, like uh, this is so relevant to what I'm doing today. So I'll just, be very honest, like yesterday, uh, we had our first public from the community uh, roadmap webinar on one of our products. We have several products, but it was on a specific product. And uh, we had 60 people show up out of the 80 people or so that RSVP'd. And so that was oh good. God. Yeah. Oh, and, awesome, and, yeah, it was awesome. And and so I think, Amy, you're on, or you've, you've been doing it a long time ago, but I, I think you're right, is... People want to hear, and the feedback that I heard from customers was amazing. Like, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, this was, um, like, ser seriously <laughs> saying this, this was amazing. You know? oh, so the first, great. and the first thing oh, that I you. did was, first thing I did was, I was like, oh my gosh, this was. And so that yesterday, I, I looked at all the comments in the chat. I copied and pasted the comments. I saw all the, the questions, not the answers, but questions there. And then uh, I promoted this and I, I emailed uh, the, the pro uh, product manager's boss, boss's boss, my boss, their boss, and said, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. We had this many people. And, and the, this is what they're saying. And these are the questions they asked. This was mm. really great. Send it over to them. <laughs> and then I put it on Slack, you know, on our, my oh. main community channel. And said, you know yeah. what? Tag this person, tag this person, tag that person. Said, this was really great. Oh, my God. And so I think it's very important to, to let – this guy know that I really appreciate what he did, yes, right? Yes, and then, yes, um, yes. Cause it's not a Chris Detzel thing. It's, it's a, it's a community thing and your customers yeah. are engaging. They're excited because yeah. it's the first time we ever did it. Oh my God. You know what I mean? And so I just, I'm very passionate about that. And what you just said is just very uh, exciting to me because I'm doing the same thing right now. So well, it goes back to these support analysts and these CSMs. They don't get recognized for the joy that they and the magic that they share with customers. And it's just a simple recognition. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to have a half an hour meeting with you. Let me send you this webinar or let me reuse content. And then the light starts going off in their eyes where they're like, 
holy shit, I didn't yeah. have to spend a half an hour on the call. I, yeah. you know, and then they start getting it of like content. Like I'm going to quote you, Chris, content is king. Yeah. And queen. so, oh, yeah, queen, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. No, congratulations to you for uh, turning around and, and really showing the value. I mean, you did it first, you know, I'm just trying to, to learn what I'm, uh, learn from others like yourself. You know, that's, you've got to try things before you can do, uh, before, you know, it works, you know, and, and, and the other pieces that I love about whatever you want to call them, but webinars, podcasts, whatever, is that you can get so much more content out of them, you know? So what I've been doing is looking at, uh, these webinars. One is the video that you can get from the webinar, just post it on YouTube, then post it on your community or however you post video. Two is you can cut some of those uh, webinars into specific, you know, little uh, bite size. So if there, there's like a how-to webinar or there's a demo webinar, you can cut that into a five-minute video, boom, post it, and then post a question or whatever it is. You could post all the Q&A uh, from that webinar. So like I got 11 or 12 questions that I need to now kind of take in and get get those answered and then post on the community directly just from that one webinar. And then I can write five, let's say five, three to five blogs, three to five blogs <laughs> on that. that specific content. So, yep. you know, yes. to me, it's, there's so much content that you can get out of just one webinar. And, and I've been doing that for, uh, since January, February. So. One of the other things that we would do is if we would see other customers asking similar questions, we, we would try to match up customers and do like, you know, connections where we'd say, hey, I'd love to introduce you to this customer. Do you mind? And seeing those two come together. And even though we didn't have the platform to do it, doing that and talking about it. And again, trying to get customers to talk to customers and do that peer-to-peer interaction without a community to demonstrate the need to duplicate that through a community and the power of that. How'd you so, do that? Was it like through Slack or something like that or? Email. Um, oh, email. You know, yeah. I would, yeah, I would oh. see customers, you know, and I just say, hey, do you mind? I'd reach out to them separately. Do you mind if I introduce you? No, no. And, and. Um, that was that was how I got to meet Brian Oblinger, actually, uh-huh. because yeah. Altrix was a customer of ours. And so that's how I got to meet him and speak with him. And that's what really was the catalyst to us, you know, really getting that digital community in and start to build that. So that it all sense. leads one to that know. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. He's amazing. Yeah, he really is. Well, I know we're getting close to the uh, end of our conversation, but, uh, and, you know, you talk about sharing, Chris, and this is exactly why Chris and I like to do the podcast because uh, the more and more that we get some of this sharing of how people did it and your experience, Amy, you know, the people become, they, number one, will contact us and ask and make connections, but then they feel more secure. It's okay. This is what, this is part of the process. So I thank you, Amy, very much for sharing your, uh, your personal experience with us and the rest of our listeners. Oh my gosh, you're you're welcome. If I I would love to speak with anyone and that has questions or wants more information because it is it's you're truly living you know the concept of community. So thank you so much for having me here, you guys. This was awesome. Oh, lovely. Yeah, we we enjoy it too. Thank you so very much. And uh, 
with that, that's uh, an, uh, another episode of Peers Over Beers. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. Thank you so very much for joining us. My name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. All right. Thank you guys very much. Talk to you guys later.